I'm Anna. And I'm Gabby. And this is Weird As. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't mind people knowing. I think in um, Melbourne or in Victoria, it's legal to have... Is it, is it Victoria? It's legal to have one weed plant per person. Oh, okay. But th- I might be talking about, I might be just being hopeful. But <laughs> if I ran the country, this is what we'd this do. Is what, everyone can have a grow. <laughs> we'll watch it out the back. <laughs> Chill out. You'll be fine. Um, I can't keep any plants alive. That's a terrible deal for me. Yeah, you need, you like, and with those stuff, it's like, like I'm growing a tomato plant at the moment that dad gave me and it's going fucking bonkers and I'm running out of ties and I keep forgetting about it because it's like so stressful that I have to like find (laughs) ties. So my brain just like blocks it out and it's now like climbing up over the top of the shed roof. Um, And it's also gotten eat to shit by some things. So uh, I like a weed plant where I'm, it would be hell. I feel like they it, can get pretty big. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't want that responsibility. Literally, don't make me grow something. I don't want that. No, just give me an edible. Just sell it to me <laughs> yeah. at a reasonable like, price for high like, quality. <laughs> like, that's all I want. Um, like, I'm not. I'm sorry if I can't have it like a gummy version. I'm not sure it's for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't well, want the responsibility. Enough, yeah, each to their own. My my mate um, re jigged a wardrobe in his shed and made it like lockable and put a fan in it and a grow light and stuff and had this really incognito setup and it was uh quite quite the um quite the little machine he'd kind of created out of some yeah yeah, marketplace free wardrobe he'd found (laughs) from like the 50s or whatever (laughs) but yeah it's also you know how they catch them in england the weed growers um, oh, they uh, get the heat detection. Yeah, well, it's yeah. even without the heat detection during winter. It's just whatever roofs don't have snow on them. I mean, especially we like that in Manchester right now because it's oh. snowy. Yeah, but Everyone's all the roofs are out. just completely clean. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> to be fair, if it's if you've got like a poorly insulated house and you've got mm. heating on, it'll probably melt the snow off your roof. True, <laughs> and then they'll just raid you and find nothing. You'd be like, oh, you're just poor. Oh, sorry. Oh, God. Okay. Well, don't try and make any more money by selling weed, all right? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and I like thinking, you know, about today's little talk. Mm. Uh, what comes to your mind when you think conspiracy theory? What is the quintessential conspiracy theory to you? Well, see, there's some conspiracy theories that I think are fact. And then there's Mm -hmm, some conspiracy mm -hmm. theories that I'm like, okay, we're getting a little bit over the top here. Like, I think that there are secret societies, but I don't think that the secret societies that we know of are the big ones because how do we know about them then? Fair point, yeah. They're not secret if everyone knows about the secret society. Yeah. They're not doing a great job. But then on top of that, I fully believe, (laughs) well, fully with a little grain of salt, but I could really see the government or especially the US government being in contact or having had contact with aliens. And I think that they are only giving us these bits of information now that they're saying, oh, you can read these files because it's been this many decades. And it's like, you're just drip feeding it now because you know that (laughs) this is where I'm going to sound crazy. Eventually, it's going to be too damn obvious because the aliens are kind of going, all right, we're sick of just hanging out in Area 51. We want to go to like, you know, 
New York and see some Broadway. So can you just let everybody <laughs> know that we exist? <laughs> I mean, I do, I don't think that that's that crazy. Like, I feel like I believe that there's aliens out there. It's mm. a humongous universe. Like, mm. the chances are there are aliens. And there's transdimensional uh, travel possibly, possibly, you know? they might. I just be- don't know if I believe governments are intelligent enough to keep anything under wraps. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I was really expecting all of America's secrets to come out the moment Trump was in power because he's such a... I know. Exactly. I that's what I was kind of hoping. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. No. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. If I had been the guy that had been keeping secrets for decades for the government beforehand and this fucking knobhead gets in power, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not telling him shit. I'm telling that. If anything, I'd just tell him some fake shit. Exactly. Make some shit up. And then we're like, whoa, Trump's just like making up his own conspiracy theories, but actually it's his staff's lies. He fully to, believes it. To, yeah. yeah, to just like get him to go, I think I'm president. I think I'm president. When really the action is done behind closed doors by people oh, yeah. that run fucking the intelligence agencies and shit. They're the ones that are really making the moves but well uh, yeah they're just yeah exactly they're, they're the ones with the actual secrets yeah i just don't trust anyone in power i think that they're always hiding something i mean yeah it's hard to it's not like everyone has a great track record with honesty the only like almost kind of all flawed human beings almost oh what no not me <laughs> everyone else yeah but people who want to become politicians are often particularly flawed yeah, I mean, the only politician I've ever been like, stand them, would go Bernie for a bevy Sanders. with them. Hmm? Bernie Sanders? Oh, I wasn't even thinking him because I was thinking like heads of state. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Who's that? Yeah, Jacinda Ardern. She yeah. seems like a ledge. So true. Yeah. I was like genuinely sad when she stepped down as Prime Minister of New Zealand. Yeah, but she's run her course. She did a lot for him. She did. Yeah. You know, not everyone. She just didn't have to be in a job that she doesn't want to be in anymore just because everyone wants her to be in it. And it's good to change. Even if someone is a benevolent leader, it's good to keep it moving. Cause, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How long was she a prime minister for? A good chunk of time. Because like I think it's I think it's similar because, like, it's it's not like the US where you can only have two runs and you're out. Australia and New Zealand don't have those rules. Yeah. So we all know, like, that guy or girl that, like, collects conspiracy theories, like Pokemon cards. Like, every week it's a new one. It's a new different spicy conspiracy theory about how the government's controlling our minds or forcing us to pay taxes. They and are. And I knew a guy. Well, I mean, they are forcing us to pay <laughs> They're controlling our minds. It's a new conspiracy. I once knew a guy who spent 45 minutes explaining to me about how fluoride in our water is being used to control our minds and also chemtrails from planes. Um, and when I asked him and I was like, yo, where's the evidence? He, he showed me a YouTube video. Of course. Like, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I met someone similar and they shared with me a Tumblr post. I was like, what's going yep, on? Yep, there we go. I mean, Tumblr used to be fun, to be fair. Yeah, but it was definitely not fact-based. Oh, God, no. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. It was fan fiction for me. That's what I was there for. I already knew it was fiction. I went in knowing that. <laughs> But I have, I have friends I consider intelligent as well that fully believe in, like, conspiracy theories that I, I don't believe in. Like, I have a friend who fully believes that the moon landing has been felt, like, fake. Okay, but... Okay. <laughs> How old are they? Oh, like, five years younger than me. Yeah, that's just not... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did get into, like, a kind of <laughs> debate with them. I was going to jokingly say, like, yeah, but can you prove it? 
and then like convince you that I think that oh no no people have tried you're not gonna do it so Adam ruins everything has already covered it (laughs) (sighs) but yeah but like but this this is like a pervasive one that pervasive pervasive this is a pervasive theory is that the moon landing was faked obviously and like there was a conspiracy theorist who confronted Buzz Aldrin with this theory and the 72 year old just clocked him right in the mouth and that's why Buzz Aldrin wasn't the speaking one. <laughs> well, the dude called him a coward and a liar. Like, I don't think I'd respond very well oh, to that absolutely. either. absolutely. Fair enough. Like, yeah. I fucking love Buzz Aldrin. Have you seen his little cameo in 30 Rock? No. Oh, it's so great. He stands at a window with Tina Fey as Liz Lemon, obviously, and he bo- and he's staring up at the moon that's visible in the daylight sky. And she's like, what are you doing, Buzz? And he's like, staring at the moon. I walked on your face. And then he's like pointing at it and then Liz Lemon gets involved and they're like, yeah, you stupid moon. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but there is conspiracy theories that are like a lot more harmful, but we're not going to get into them, to be honest. I don't want to give them any airtime. Mm, absolutely. Don't tell um, them to me, especially if I'm getting a bit stoned. Like God knows what damage I might actually do. <laughs> You could run into the streets yeah. screaming at people. Like, oh my god, everything's too much. Well, there was that awful one that had, you know, that conspiracy theory about the Sandy Hook shooting being a staged event, it's and offensive. it's very, it's incredibly offensive. And like the parents of the murder victims were being, you know, harassed by people yeah. who believed in this. And only recently, um, the host of Infowars, Alex Jones, oh, you know, well-known ooh. buffoon, yeah. <laughs> he was forced to pay 1.5 billion in restorations to the Good. relatives. So, Good. because well, he he got away saying a lot of shit for a very long time. So, yeah, he's he's fucked up a lot of lives. Like, imagine you've gone through one of the worst traumas anyone could imagine, and to have people encroaching on your land, accusing you of lying with the fervent anger that comes from those people that are completely sunken down a drain hole of confusion and misinformation it's and fear they're coming from also yeah. a place of fear so that's really raw emotion coming out you fucking hell we're like you know whereas there's those racists that pulled guns when there was the blm protest that just walked past them on the street these parents have access to guns and they still I would be close to shooting that fucker if someone was like I mean, on it's my literally the worst thing that could happen. possibly happen as a parent. Yeah. Like while just... you're in grief, like fucking hell, how they didn't kill him. <laughs> Dark. This is why I'm glad I live in Australia where I don't have access to guns. <laughs> yeah. We're all grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I'm quite quite grateful to have gone to school and not had to really think mm. about it. Mm. Like, even rural schools don't really have to think about it. And all our parents had guns, but we weren't bringing them to school. Literally. I was just scared <laughs> of the mean girls in my class. That was it. Exactly. Being shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm just afraid of being bullied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in more recent years, we've obviously had the global pandemic, which has sprouted its own special breed of conspiracy theory and panic. And, you know, I've heard from a lot of people, you know, they're controlling us, they're tracking us with COVID shots, they're making us sick, they're... The, the one that seems to keep, keep coming up over and over again is, oh, it's they're using, using COVID numbers to boister 
claims that there's more casualties than there is, but really they actually died of cancer. They actually died of pneumonia. They didn't actually die of COVID. Yeah, they had a rule in the UK for a bit that even if you caught COVID, if you died 60 days or more after catching COVID, it would no longer be classified as COVID on the death certificate. So then that immediately cut off a whole chunk of their deaths and made their numbers look way better. That's the thing. Yeah. And it's 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 not helpful it doesn't make anyone feel any better and it doesn't solve the issue at hand really it just makes people paranoid yeah yeah <sighs> so, so i'm supposed to think of a joke right now right <laughs> yeah go on paranoia and i'm smoking a joint like is this the right decision henry from last podcast always encourages you to get stoned when you talk about these things have I made the right call? I mean, we'll find out by the end. If you're screaming and crying by the end, we'll know that it wasn't the right call. And I'm not having a drink this one because I'm still a little bit hungover from yesterday. Oh, fair. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm a little dusty. That's why my voice sounds like a phone sex line. Ooh, go on. Give us your best conspiracy, conspiratorial. Nope, not a word. You know, give us the conspiratory-based phone sex operator. Okay. Hello, welcome to Area 51. Would you like level five clearance? Level six clearance? You cannot have level seven clearance. (laughs) (laughs) Is that good? I don't know. It sounded a little bit like a telco operator as well. Yeah, I just was doing like a hotline phone um, phone line kind of thing. But then I thought I've got to go conspiracy. And it's like the sexy woman that works at Area 51. Oh, right. You're going to have a sex symbol. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So why I needed to look into like why conspiracy theories had so much sway as they do because I found that concept like why we do this why do we do this to ourselves right <laughs> as a species so Karen Douglas a professor in social psychology from the University of Kent suggests that conspiracies are likely to be more successful when they confirm a previously held belief so for instance um, Obama's birth certificate scandal or they offer a big explanation for an equally big event so 9-11 mm. a good conspiracy will be difficult to disprove but regardless of its falsifiability conspiracies offer a reason in an unreasonable and chaotic world they can be comforting yeah to see sense in the pa- pattern and like because I've heard it's also from pattern seeking behavior and that's what mm-hmm. the human brain actually goes to do like we most animals, the way that their vision works is not on the accuracy of ours, it, like the sharpness of our image. They have more mm-hmm. movement sensitive and all that kind of thing. But like from that same pattern seeking behavior, it's the way we keep ourselves safe. It's how we notice that there's a tiger in that grass rather than just grass. And like that, th- that's where this kind of stems from, that part of our brain. So if you're already scared and you're trying to make sense of it, like you need an answer then it's understandable that you would go down a rabbit hole, but it's just really unfortunate. Um, and I probably do it way more often than I realise because opinions and facts get mixed up all the time. Of course. I mean, especially yeah. in, in a modern society and we don't have that many perceived threats like we're used to, you know, say 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's going it's to... Years you know, ago. <laughs> yeah, our threat perceptions are going to be different. We're going to start seeing threats where maybe there isn't any. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As a self, as a protection thing. Because, like, 
well, having an anxiety disorder such as ADHD, my psych has explained to me that anxiety is is a emotion that we're actually supposed to have. Like it's important to us as a as a survival of a species, we should be feeling anxiousness anxiousness at certain points of our life, you know, because mm. it's telling us something. But when you have a disorder or persistent anxiety, it's like the anxiety goblin is now sitting in the driver's seat rather than just being in the rearview mirror to warn you about okay. your blind spot. Yeah. yeah. So like you're anxious you... about things that don't require anxiety, like sending an email. Yeah. 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 Or just like, yeah, just living your day, just constantly yeah. feeling that way. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I can understand it. And I think, yeah, I have... Um, empathy for the people that have gotten trapped into the conspiracy theories while I also think that it is ridiculous and I'm so confused as to how they could even come to that conclusion so they're in the, they're acting a little bit you know crazy and that's coming from a mentally ill person so, <laughs> <laughs> so anywho, it's yeah, it's random. I don't know it's tricky I d- you don't want to be you don't want to be like elitist about it and be like oh they're just dumb hicks and it's like well that's not really fair yeah. no yeah <laughs> dumb but angry and scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was looking into kind of like different headlines and stuff that had come up and New York Magazine had a, a good one that was, the government is going to seize your property, poison you with dietary restriction, kill all the bees. <laughs> oh my God. The government's going to do all that? It all barely, that? The government barely runs. Nothing ever <laughs> fucking happens. And they're already orchestrating how to kill all the bees. Like All the bees? They can't even fix a pothole near my house. Literally. And, like, <laughs> the fact that loads of people couldn't even get the vaccine for a period of time from, like... Oh, for ages. They, yeah. Australia yeah, was very cavalier about it, I have to say. Yeah. So if they can't do that, they can't coordinate a mass bee hunt. It's just not possible. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And there's been, like, weird Australia-specific ones lately. Like, I've noticed... Um, getting closer to Australia Day because obviously there's the discourse as mm. there has been for a very long time, you know, mm. should it be on the 26th, should it not? And people have been like, well, it doesn't even matter if it's on the 26th because um, Australia, um, the first fleet didn't even arrive on the 26th. Um, that's a conspiracy. So uh, what, what are you talking about? So today we're going to kick it off with some more fun conspiracy theories, Anna, and I want you to go first because I feel like sometimes it's just me talking at you. And I want to hear, you know, what conspiracy theory do you enjoy? What do you maybe believe, you know? Okay, no yeah. pressure. Well, you don't, by the way, you're not, I don't feel like you're always talking at me. I'm always in, interested in listening. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And then occasionally I'll just pipe up with some strange thing to say and then we can jump back to your grounded, sense-driven, logic-driven speech. Oh, I don't know about any of that, but bless you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um... As I said before, well, I can't remember whether I did or not. With the conspiracy theories that I believe in, like, I think some things definitely exist. Like, I do think there is very rich people with connections into child sex trafficking. I really. I mean, the last is. week has kind of shown us that, really, yeah, hasn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's like, that's something that, you know, I thought was a given for fucking ages because it was like so, it felt like so obvious, like the amount of stories of like even little uh, Disney kids getting sexually abused and shit. Anyway. Oh, oh, you don't mean at Disneyland, you mean at like Disney actors. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Not yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Goofy and that. They were just like picking them off the street. It's just like Knew taking it. 
candy from a baby, but you're just taking a baby from a parent, you know? It's Disneyland. <laughs> so They're everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. And then Disneyland itself has all these back passages. You know? No, I'm going down. <laughs> See, like... <laughs> that is an interesting theory. <laughs> My imagination um, is too vivid sometimes. I mean, there has been a weird amount of deaths at Disneyland. Mm-mm. See, see. Mm. Let's do an investigative journalistic documentary and sell it to Netflix. It goes all the way to the top. Yeah. And it'll be called It's a Dead World After All or something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a dead world after all. Oh, all the way to Walt. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's the mouse's house with ominous music. Yeah. But so say, yeah, there's that. Um, I never was one of the, I, I found all of the talk about 9-11 fascinating, but I do firmly believe that the people responsible for the war in Iraq are the Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, not Tony Abbott, he's responsible for a lot of shit, but it's not that, <laughs> uh, Tony Blair and, um, and, and George Bush. They took advantage of an act that was not belonging to the country that they ended up fighting. I like I see that, but I don't think I think jet fuel absolutely can melt steel beams. One hundred percent. For the record, yeah, for the record, (laughs) a plane definitely hit both. I know that to be true. I just think, of course, our allied forces, our leaders, took advantage of a situation to get as close to uh, abundant oil as they could and made themselves a fuck ton of money. Yeah, so. So, yeah, so that's the kind of line I walk. But I also believe aliens uh, uh, exist and touch base with us all the time. I just don't know. I do feel like that's a lot more acceptable as a conspiracy theory than it was, say, 50 years ago. Yeah, exactly. I have seen people's faces change at house parties, like, back in 2016 and stuff, and I'd bring up aliens, and people would just start looking at me like, oh, here we go. And I'm like, oh, great. You're a crazy person. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, you'll see. You'll see. (laughs) Add me on Facebook. I'll tell you more about it. Yeah, we've got a (laughs) meetup happening this Tuesday. Come along. It's in my mom's house. She makes nice snacks. Yeah, we're making tin hats. (laughs) but yeah i'm interested to hear more though because who knows you may get a conversion today i mean maybe so what was the what was the big theory you wanted to to bring to us today anna thank you thank you for bringing me back uh so mine is a real basic one everyone fucking knows about it (laughs) um so that's a really great thing to bring to a podcast obviously um, super clever, but at the same time, I wanted to write about it because I also really like her. It's Princess Di. Um, so we all know who Princess Diana is, and mm-hmm. even if you weren't born in 1997, you'd have heard of her. But just in case you've been living under a rock, Princess Diana was the wife of Charles III, then Prince of Wales, and the mother of, obviously, William and Harry. Um, but more importantly, because I hate when dead women are simply described as mothers and wives, she was an activist and a fashion icon, and she stood up for the gay community during the AIDS panic of the late 20th century, being one of the only influential people to publicly embrace people suffering AIDS, because they weren't, obviously, people just didn't think they could even be touched, which is so fucked up. Um, and she was mates with, like, many celebrities, and my favourite pairing is Princess Di and Freddie Mercury. Have you... Uh. Iconic. Oh, it's like literally couldn't be. I didn't even know they were mates. That's amazing. Yeah, they hung out. They hung out. It was, and 
like her international fame made it really obviously really hard for her to go out in public like she would just be swarmed as obviously as we know how it ends um yeah. but so one night freddie actually um we're on first name basis uh <laughs> he dressed die up and mm-hmm. got her in a costume as a man and gave her mm-hmm. a fake mustache and a wig and they hit the town together and no one recognized her and she got to have a complete night of anonymity and where is that movie give me that I'm, movie oh yeah right what am i doing <laughs> what okay. that one <laughs> remind me that that's something that i although i have a friend who's already writing a story where the plot line is heavily affected by princess diana so i worry if i wrote one that it would look like i was copying I don't know. We've 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 said right here where the idea came from. Yeah, true. Yeah, we've got, <laughs> we've got it on tape. And me acknowledging her own work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, um, yeah, I can't. I like. I would love to be a fly on the wall for that. Like, if we ever learn how to time travel and just like be a floating orb in another time. That would be what see. you'd want to watch. Is is Princess Dies essentially a, a drag king? Yeah, and like the amount of fun that she, like imagine hanging out with Freddie Mercury, you're Princess Diana, no one fucking knows who you are. You're getting absolutely wasted. You have the best cocaine in the world because it's that era, the nineties yeah, coke era, and she's free of the the fucking royal thing. Early nineties as well because he mm. died in like what early nineteen ninety two. Yeah, so so like prime era for parties. Um, yeah, no, I just can't. I, and if only like, oh gosh, see, you know, I'm looking at my writing and I'm going, you forgot to put in jokes. I just wrote <laughs> about it and now I'm reading it and I'm like, you're writing about something that everyone fucking knows about. That's you okay. Put- you might have some facts that not everyone knows about because they know about the theory. It doesn't mean they know about the rest of it. True, true. And I'm like, I think, yeah. And the story for with Freddie Mercury and Di is pretty cool, but it's like, if only she had had a costume on that night like maybe it would have turned out differently but obviously the story yeah. is infamous princess Di was leaving a hotel with her partner Dodi Al Fayed he was an Egyptian film producer and the son of a billionaire uh, their relationship was under much scrutiny obviously as Di and Charles had split and everyone wanted a piece of that juicy boss that followed Diana wherever she went and the couple got into their chauffeur-driven car and sped off into the night hoping to lose the paparazzi in the winding Paris streets but unbeknownst to the high-flying couple their driver was drunk and the paps weren't quitting and the crash in happened in a highway tunnel and the couple's injuries were made lethal by the fact that they weren't wearing their seat belts um so like you mentioned professor karen douglas before um there was there was this thing that i saw that and i read her on an article on on the web so i'm sure you looked more into i think it. we looked it sounded like we looked at the same one to be fair <laughs> oh shit um this will be it we've got to go further into our search haven't we all conspiracy theories must have um she said certain necessary elements so a current a conspiracy between two or more people a secret action and a motive and i think the 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 things for princess Di's situation with that two or more people obviously we know many members in the public eye that are connected with motive are connected with all of those things and then on top of that it happening in a tunnel although ironically you know you've got a load of people with cameras there not many there wasn't any footage of the actual incident 
-hmm. So there's this secrecy and mystery and we only see the aftermath. And that's one of the things that you put in a horror film is like there's four types of fear you can elicit in a horror film. And one of them is horror. And horror Mm -hmm. is to look at something that has already happened with the knowledge that it could happen to you. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's like, and dread is you can't quite see the thing that's scaring you, but you know something's off, obviously. And terror mm-hmm. is when they've got, you know, the guy with the fucking chainsaw chasing through the field. That's your feeling as an audience member, terror, because it's about to happen. It's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. And, and do you think that's where the, the pictures come into it? Is like, you know, you've got those last pictures of them both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can kind of tell at that point they're not wearing their seatbelts. Yeah. And then, you know, you have that dread of, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can see it play out. And that's kind of where the conspiracy theory had such fertile ground for developing into what we know it as today. Exactly. Especially with someone who was as beloved as Princess Diana. Because, like, you know, these things uh, circle many different celebrities' deaths. But she was truly one of the most loved people on the planet. And obviously yeah. anyone's everyone's seen the photos of the outpouring of grief that happened in the UK when it happened and all around the world, really. Um, like it was 97. I was really young. I remember hearing my mum talk about it. Like I remember it being on the pe- on a front piece of news, you know. Anywho. Yeah. Or maybe I don't. Maybe that's just because memory is fluid and my imagination is too vivid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah. So also the guy's the son of a billionaire. So it's not just the people that are grieving Princess Di, but within hours of Princess Diana's death on the 31st of August in 1997, conspiracy theories began to swell. But what made this conspiracy theory extra special is there was a billionaire billionaire promoting it. And now living in 2024, we all know how it that lights shit up when billionaires start to talk shit. Honestly, <laughs> like billionaires are always just you know opening their mouths and saying bullshit to way too many people money does not make you smart but this no one, but it does yeah. give you a lot of power doesn't it and he was grieving in his own way like exactly. he'd lost his son on top of that you're so and this is what we were saying before with conspiracy theories it's coming from a place of fear and anger and i can completely see how he got there but it's also just like fuck he's a billionaire as well it's gonna bloody do some damage um, but this, uh, yeah, so Dodi Al-Fayed, he, he was grieving. I'll give him a bit of a break, but Dodi's father was Mohammed Al-Fayed, and he believed that the accident was an assassination by the British intelligence agencies made at the request of the royal family. Queen Lizzie has done some great things and some awful, awful things, but was she capable of killing the mother of her two grandsons? That's something that's always struck out to me, but so many people, you know, hate, hate Queen Elizabeth. Ooh, I mean, they, they hate the royals and that's, yes, exactly. you know, people are entitled to feel that way. Yeah. I don't love them either way. Um, no. And I don't think that any single human is necessarily incapable of pure evil. Like everybody's yeah. capable of that level of evil. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's just like a big question mark, obviously. And I mean, it's um pretty fucking dark even for a rich old lady, but it is possible. It's possible. I mean, she was making a bit of a fool of them, to be fair. This was mm. kind of... It, it was a time period when the royals were still very much a very singular image of what like what royalty looked like and what it was meant to look like. And the fact that her and Charles got divorced at all, the fact that mm-hmm. she was out in the media a lot, whether or not she wanted to be, she was, you know, pictured on a yacht with yep. some other guy. Like, 
yeah, she was or she was pictured, you know, living this carefree bachelorette lifestyle. And that's just not what the image of the royals is supposed to be. And exactly. so she did threaten a lot of that, like, status yeah. quo that they had going. Yeah. And, and it's not, not like there was no motivation there. Mm, I can completely understand where this one comes from. So yeah. what do you feel like? Do you feel like it was an assassination attempt? Or do you feel like it was a horrible series of circumstances? I think it's a horrible series of circumstances that may have actually made Queen Lizzie a little bit um, relieved. And then probably quite guilty. But I think, do you know what I mean? It's almost, yeah. it's a little bit like how it would have actually, well, actually, no, it didn't benefit the royal family because that it kind of caused even a further rift between them and their, their like populace or whatever you call them. Yeah, their constituents were a little bit yeah. like, great, if you killed our favourite, thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And but it, I can I can see there's total motive to be able to plant in the idea of Queen Elizabeth II of going like, you know, you know I've met the Queen. Oh, what? Yeah, just I, casually. I <laughs> when I was a kid, we so there was this service commemorating the relationship between Australia and Britain. Mm. And when I was a child, for ages, I thought we'd been invited. And then Mum overheard me telling the story that way, and she went, "No, we weren't invited. We won a lottery." <laughs> we, wanted, oh. we won the tickets you think the queen invited us to the abbey <laughs> so we me and my sister were in matching floral dresses with these big kind of like straw hats with the matching flowers on them and because oh, just peak 90s fashion very yes exactly like we're like seven and five kind of thing adorable and we look so cute that the usher comes over and he's like we're gonna get you to move to the aisle and i'm gonna show you how to curtsy and wow. when the queen comes by, she's gonna she's gonna acknowledge you, and so yeah, it was, it was so cool. So we taught us how to curtsy, and then we did it. And I looked at her, and she just does a small nod afterwards. And I remember thinking, my nan's bigger than you. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch is tiny. Get me a yeah, taller queen. Exactly. What the hell? <laughs> and then I'm like, well, you kind of little Anna, you forgot about. The power of the British Army. That's who's standing <laughs> behind the Queen. <laughs> oh, you're like, I could fight her. <laughs> yeah. Holly could take you. <laughs> oh, that's such a seven-year-old theory. What's the yeah. big deal? Yeah. I got a fancy hat too. I don't see what, what you care. Yeah. What, you think you're better than me? <laughs> Anywho. But, um, yeah, so met the lady and... I don't know. I'm not a very good judge of character, though, so who knows? I mean, at seven, it's hard to judge yeah. character when you're I was, like... I was focusing on my plie. Yeah, you're concentrating very hard on curtsying. <laughs> yeah. So I remember learning how to curtsy for something. I don't even remember what for. Um, but I, I took it very seriously because I was like, this is very, very important. Okay, I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to curtsy. Exactly. It's, yes, let's do this movement right. At that moment, um, you're just proud for not falling down. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to make a fool of Oh, my God. Imagine if I tripped in front of the queen. That would have been pretty embarrassing. He's just sort of like, I don't know this bitch. Yeah. Uh. We're in matching dresses. So good luck. <laughs> Everyone knows. Um, anyway, well, uh, what I was interested, I didn't know this until I did a little bit of research, but in 2006, there was actually an inquiry into Princess Diana's death. I completely forgot or never knew. Um, because this theory was still being so firmly believed by a huge mm -hmm. portion of the public. And even to this day, people will state this as true. Hell, I think even teenage me would have told you that Princess Di was murdered. Um, 
I definitely believed it when it was getting spoken about back then because it people would say it so emphatically, you know, and like would tell you about all of these different things. And you do have everything, including a body. And I mean, I when I was a teenager, I fully believed that Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain. <laughs> I no longer believe that, but I was fully in that camp. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. I did an art piece for my U10 art project on it. My That's God. how serious I was about it. <laughs> like, oh, but there's still people that are firmly in that camp. Oh, absolutely. And, and I just, in hindsight, yeah, in hindsight, it's just, it's just women hating bullshit. Oh, and I think people don't want to believe that, like, people that they respect and admire are capable of ending their own lives. And it's like, no, if you just look at the evidence, he's just a deeply unhappy man, unfortunately. Like, he just just screams of mental illness the entire... That's why the music is so good. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Sad boy music forever. Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) And April 7th, 2008, the coroner's jury concluded that Diana and Dodie were unlawfully killed but not by MI6, not little old Liz. They were killed due to the negligence of their drunk driver and the relentless paparazzi pursuing them. So obviously kind of what we saw happen. But yeah, when you're in grief, you do and say crazy things. So I feel like it was like the whole world as well as Dodie's dad. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, whether or not this conspiracy theory is true, theory is true or not, the outcome is still the same. They're still dead. Yeah, exactly. The coroner's inquiry stated that the conspiracy theory advanced by Mohammed Al-Fayed has been minutely examined and shown to be without any substance. And if we're to trust a coroner's inquiry, and I do, because I do, I, I would be fascinated at the degree process that you have to go to be a coroner and analyze those things. Please tell me if you know of a, t-shirt, a TV show that follows like Law and Order, but follows a coroner. Like, how good would that be? I mean, I learned something interesting recently is that a lot of the time autopsies and things done now, um, no one's cut up anymore. Mm. It's all done by x-rays. Of course. There's no physical incision or anything like that. Yeah, you could just do an MRI of it all and like completely know everything. Pretty much, yeah, without having to like – well, because let's be honest, autopsies are brutal. Yeah. Um, So they don't have to do that anymore, which I found really fascinating because it's like, of course, but like I hadn't thought about it. I just thought if I was a prosecuting lawyer in a criminal like murder case, I would definitely get the body scanned and then 3D printed mm-hmm. and then be able to show people how many scab wounds there were. You, so you, I, okay. I'm going to just write this into a script. I'm not going to become a prosecuting lawyer to live out this dream. <laughs> I mean, that is a lot of work to do what you could do with a script in a, you know, a couple of weeks. <laughs> Yeah, but I'll have the guy do that. I'm just, yeah. I'm you could have it, like, to scale. That could be quite fun. Yeah, but, like, yeah, to hold a body up and be like, look, that I feel like would be quite visceral for people. I mean, they've done that with pictures before, obviously, in courtrooms and stuff. But it's... Oh, no, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting no, idea, but I just... It's just, like, a funny one. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, Colonial inquests are very... Very... Sp- standardized there's a lot of rules around them that sort of thing it's it's something i feel like we can generally trust <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and they they just like to go through that evidence it must be such a fascinating journey to be able to take yourself on through you'd have to yeah the amount you'd learn about these people that have passed away like mum even said when she was studying human biology 
she would occasionally be um, dissecting on people that had donated their body to science. And they treated the bodies really respectfully, obviously. But she said it was kind of eerie because sometimes, you know, the woman would have nail polish on. And she would think... Oh, oh yeah, the, that would be strange. Yeah. just Like the, the last time she, she put it on. on. Or maybe she wasn't. Maybe it was what was put on post for the funeral. Maybe, maybe. But, but even like, then, it's a very humanising moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's fascinating. Unfortunately, this inquiry didn't give much peace of mind to Princess Di's youngest son, Harry. So I found out that in January 2023, which is only last year so he's truly not over it and obviously probably never will be that that's a huge trauma to go through Mm -hmm. harry told anderson cooper on 60 minutes that she could still be alive for many years after the crash he told cooper that he thought she may have faked her own death and that they would be reunited at some point when i found that out it made me really quite sad oh no that breaks my heart yeah i don't have much time for prince harry but because of like all the stuff you know in so much and also it's just like you didn't want to talk about it but now you do and it's and he left the like royal family with you know i am gonna go live on my own and the amount of money he left with he's an incredibly privileged person yeah absolutely but at the same time obviously you lost your mom that's terrible that's awful and i can understand why that fear and that anger would create this idea that's actually quite comforting um absolutely i remember feeling like the exact same way when my dad died it was why my mom insisted i look at the body because she's like listen i know what you're like you're a fucking crazy bitch and you're not gonna believe he's dead unless you see him and she's absolutely right yeah because i just come back from overseas as far as i was concerned it was like this is all just some sick joke like obviously denial yeah so you know it helped but i regret doing it Yeah, I really do. Yeah, it was horrific. I know it must have been. I I got like this is nowhere near like seeing a parent's body, um, but I got the opportunity to see my grandma's body. But the last time I'd seen her, she was waving goodbye to me. So I was like, no. But yeah. I that I think someone as close as a parent, um, or a child, God forbid, or like a loved a, a truly loved 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 one, I think seeing it kind of has to happen don't you like it's it it did help me get over the idea that he's actually mm. you know still out there whatever yeah um but it it was horrible i'll never forget it oh, and if yeah. you if you know that you have a you know that sort of memory that will just take that snapshot for the rest of your life and you'll never forget it i don't recommend it mm. listen to your gut yeah. if you're doing it just to placate relatives don't recommend yeah, yeah. Well, that's a really balanced discussion about that because it's like there would be – I think there's also you know what kind of person you are. Some people need to see it. Yeah. Some people really don't. Like, And and I I have no shade against Harry for believing that shit because you know what? It's so much more comforting than the reality of the situation. The idea that he thinks his mum could still be alive even though that would mean she's not made any contact with him for 27 years was really heartbreaking. Maybe the idea that his mum is still out there may have helped him make the decision to leave the royal family. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I thought, like, maybe that could have been part of the motive going that she might be more likely to touch base with me if I'm free of them. So, mm, okay. yeah. But wherever, yeah, I thought, yeah, I don't know. It's just me gesticulating. I don't know. I don't know. Um, wherever Princess Di's soul is, I hope she's at peace and partying with Freddie Mercury. No costume necessary, although <laughs> knowing them, they'll be dressed to the nines. 
a fabulous party. <laughs> yes. Where absolutely. evening wear is completely like completely comfortable despite still being fabulous. Yes, literally. Partying with <laughs> aliens up in the sky. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for that, Anna. So I've always been a, a quite a big fan of Paul McCartney and quite a big fan of the Beatles in general. Um and so I felt like this was the perfect conspiracy theory for me to cover. Uh, and I do like when fandoms I'm a part of go a bit bonkers. I always enjoy that. You know, yeah, not in a harmful way, just in a fun, insane way. Yeah. Uh, so have you heard of the Paul is dead conspiracy theory, Anna? Not really, to be honest. I know that's like I've I do, I, I know that there's all the, the conspiracies around John Lennon, but I didn't really know there was one around Paul. I did see a guy that looked a lot like Paul McCartney. Um, perform at my uncle's birthday and I was so convinced that I took a photo of him and posted it to Instagram oh wow he looked exactly like him but I knew it wasn't him there was just like a couple of facial differences but it was oh, just okay mad. there you go you it was contributing to the followers dead rhetoric without even realizing oh my god I did but the drunker I got the more I believed it <laughs> Wait, how old was he with the ages have made any sense perfect perfect age range oh there you go yeah there's extra pulls out there <laughs> So I first heard about this one quite a few years ago um, and I remember seeing something in a magazine and like as any, you know, 19, 20 year old, I was like, great, I'm going to contribute way too much time to going down this rabbit hole. So as the theory goes, on the 9th of November, 1966, while driving home from a long day of recording at Abbey Road, Sir Paul McCartney crashed his car and died. Though he wasn't a sir at the time, he was just a Mr. Paul. He wasn't a sir yet, and he, he wasn't died. a sir, and he died. There's a dead sir. There's no dead sirs. He's not a sir. He's just a mister. Yeah, at this point, but in the future when he's apparently dead, but we've got someone else. So that's a dead sir. Yeah. Huh? I don't understand. My weed was good. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Email us and let us know if you understood what I was trying to say. I don't. <laughs> I'd, look, I'm losing the ability to remember what I was trying to say, but I just think I was going, I was just saying, so Paul McCartney is a dead sir, but let's don't, don't worry about it. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. Just let's get back to t- tell me about Mr. Paul McCartney and how he died in a car crash. <laughs> okay. So rather than devastating fans all around the world, the remaining band members decided. Instead, they'd hire a lookalike to pretend to be Paul because everybody knows that when you're loyal and love a band and or love a person, it's really important to betray that love and trust <laughs> and lie to them. Oh, yeah. That's why children love to find out that Santa Claus is also dead and died in a car crash in 1966. It was a sleigh collision and it was, it was paparazzi reindeer following. <gasps> there you team. go. Yeah, yeah. It's all connected. And it over the Pacific Ocean, so no one saw it. No, nobody yeah. was ever retrieved. Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's so many Santa lookalikes, because we've got to have backup. Who's the real Santa? Mm-hmm. Now on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, hang on, have I gotten mixed up? So this is, so Paul McCartney, while he's performing, the, the, the Beatles are performing, Recording, he, yeah. Recording, sorry. Yeah. They would have a lookalike of him come in because he had died in a car crash. Am I following? Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, after, sorry, after they recorded Abbey Road Studios in 1966, right. he was driving yeah. home from 
the recording studio and crashed and died. And then after that, they had a lookalike take his place to perform as him with the Beatles. To this day, that man in this series is that man. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Look, it's got legs. <laughs> it don't. It doesn't. <laughs> That's the weird talking. <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. It's, it's a fun one. It's a fun one. So what I kind of liked about this series when I first read about it, um, it was proposed that they chose Paul's lookalike from a lookalike contest from a couple of years previous to that. Um, and then they had a picture of what was like Paul and then this lookalike next to each other. Um, but you can clearly just see that the lookalike is just a picture of Paul from a slightly different angle. <laughs> but like, imagine if this was real, imagine getting that call. Like you came third, you won a voucher, you go home. <laughs> two years, you're gardening, you're cooking, you're living with your wife, you're just living your life and you get a phone call. Hey. You want to be a part of the Beatles? So I can't even, I can't even play the instrument. Don't matter. Don't matter. Don't worry about it. But but you've got to leave your wife. You've got to leave your whole life. You are now Paul McCartney. That would be kind of like that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot mm-hmm. of pressure. But fuck, it's I, I reckon any white middle aged man in that era. Oh, absolutely. That he would have left his wife and gone. Yeah. He's like, fuck, I'm cheating on her. It's fine. I don't even like you. I am. <laughs> We haven't spoken in like six months. Let's go. (laughs) There's some missing case that is unsolved somewhere in the back country of of middle America. Well, they have a name for this guy that they believe is is the replacement Paul, and his name is Billy Shears, which is a character that is mentioned on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. Um, And so that was them like telling – telling people that it was a fake Paul. That was their oh. guilt-ridden selves secretly dropping messages yeah, that it was when Paul. People, when people think songs are talking to them, bad yeah. stuff happens. Exactly. Like, and that's exactly and what this is. <laughs> was Sergeant Pepper recorded after uh, Mr. Paul has died? Yes. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, of course, that would uh, otherwise that would make no logical sense. So there's like I'm gonna get into like the evidence that slowly emerged through the years, um, and you know it it kind of becomes ridiculous. Like it already starts ridiculous, it gets weirder and weirder. So the first piece of evidence I'd like to put forward, Your Honor, um, is the Abbey Road you may album cover. May exactly. You may <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the Abbey Road album cover is said to replicate a funeral procession with a shoeless Paul as the standing corpse. So if you've seen, we'll, we'll post a copy of the Abbey Road album cover, but I'm sure everyone's seen it. Um, you know, you've got John Lennon in white, who's the priest in this. Yeah. You've got Paul with no shoes on because he's the corpse. Um, you've got Ringo, um, he's in black, he's a mourner. And then you've got George, who um, is in jeans because he's the grave digger. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That is, a, it's like a picture's worth a thousand words, but sometimes... It's not. <laughs> I mean, I hate wearing shoes, so like I completely understand that if like you were doing an album cover, you got a long day of shooting. I'd be like, "Fuck that! I ain't wearing shoes." So yeah. the fact they're like, he doesn't like shoes is definitely a corpse, <laughs> and they're telling yeah. us about it. They're telling <laughs> us with the album cover. You know, you could even like read into that image uh, of John's dressed in white because he becomes an angel. Paul 
Bill's got barefoot because he's the only one that walks the rest of the road or whatever, like like some kind yeah. of poetic thing. Yeah. And then like George is in black because he Oh no, George's George's are um wearing jeans. Oh shit, okay, well I don't know. But I'm sure someone could finagle. Oh, something. that's the thing. You can make it out of literally anything. Yeah. And I think it's pretty important to recognise that in nineteen sixty six, um, there was a lot of acid being consumed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, and that helps. Absolutely. That helps. And it was good acid too. <laughs> they were they were seeing all sorts of shit. Doesn't mean it's real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so apparently, over the years, the remaining alive band members were said to be so racked with guilt that they started dropping hints and messages in their in their albums and their songs to tell fans that Paul is dead. Um, and I've kind of put together a couple of these, but it does help if you're high as shit and also you're into playing records backwards. Hello, I love that. Yeah. When they did that on The Simpsons with Join the Navy. Oh, Egan at me, Arch. <laughs> yes. I only know that so well because there's a Bloodhound Gang called a Bloodhound Gang song called Ralph Wiggum. And um, <laughs> part of it is sung, Egan at me, Arch. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I'd love, you've got to send that to me. It's very fun. I love the Bloodhound Gang. Oh, <laughs> So I'm going to provide a little rundown of my favourite secret messages, Anna. If you play the intro from Revolution 9 off the White Album, you can apparently hear Turn Me On Dead Man, which is both mysterious and illegal. Okay. Turn Me On Dead Dead Man. Man. Now, I've got it here. Also, have you watched Saltburn yet? I have. I love it. It's really fun. Turn Me On Dead Man. Turn Me On Dead Man. There you go. Perfect example. (laughs) It all ties together. (laughs) That apparently that uh grave scene was actually improvised. Oh my god, well that man has a dark imagination. Could you imagine people just sitting there filming the like Barry mate? Yeah. The what fuck? Was, the, was that his name? What Barry. His not name? not in not in the show, but his oh, actual yeah. name is Barry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even see any more. I can't even see any more. Oh, okay. Interesting. I Why don't you listen to it? See if you can hear that. All right, give me a second. Oh. Okay, I do hear that, actually. It's funny. It's, we're going to talk about the effect itself. If you play yeah. the end of I'm So Tired backwards, it sounds like Paul is dead. Miss him, miss him, miss him. No one is dead, man. Miss him, miss him. Oh, that was a bit creepy. Yeah? Did you hear it? The first one, it sounded just like French. And then, yeah, yeah I'll play it a little bit more, but oh, that actually gave me, that made me feel a little bit creepy. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just sounded so creepy. <laughs> yeah, that one did get me a little bit more, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, um, over the years, these... This theory has obviously been proposed to the remaining band members. And as John pointed out in the radio station that initially broadcast the rumour, I don't know what the Beatles records sound like backwards. I never play them backwards. Exactly. Valid point. (laughs) What musician would do that? Like, the amount of effort it takes to write a song and, like, it's not, it's some, yes, we've got those crazy stories where someone just writes a song in five minutes and becomes a hit because they're just a musical legend. Yeah. that's when you're tapping into a creative source of energy that is sometimes very difficult to get to and can be quite finicky and perfectionist. For them to also plan how it's going to sound backwards is insane. 
Like, that's just not normal creative behavior. No, no. Yeah. And I just, yeah, as you said, it is, the second one is creepier and more convincing. Mm. But it's still, yeah, why would you? Why would you? You're okay. creating hit music. You don't need to also create secret messages backwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and who's expecting someone to listen to your record backwards? Like, imagine if you wrote a book and you found out that people were reading it backwards. I'd be like, well, that's the opposite way that... That's not what I wanted. Yeah. No, it's, like, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty offensive as well to imply that like you would hide the death of one of your band members and assuming your friend. Yeah. Um. Like to me, it felt a little bit like as a kid when you go in front of the mirror and say Bloody Mary three times. Yeah. Like you know nothing's gonna happen. Like, but when you hear those sounds, it freaks you out a little bit. Still. Yeah. Oh god, it would give me the shivers. But also, like, not just the fellow band members. This is apparently, you know. Paul's grieving family have to accept this new man. As, yeah. Like just his friends from long back, you know, everyone involved in his life. It's just crazy. Like that, that's I mean, it way. did piss him off no end because it yeah. just kept coming back to kept coming back to this over and over again. He'd be like, I'm, well, I don't know what I have to do to prove to you people that I'm that is, me. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> My God, that would be a living hell. It, yeah, it got ridiculous. It really did. And he's just like, at this point, he's living on a farm in Scotland with his wife and family and he's trying to like live kind of a peaceful existence in comparison yeah. to what they've been dealing with. And the first fucking question is not, oh, are the Beatles breaking up? It's, are you dead? Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck off. Yeah. Stop <laughs> willing it into existence. Stop it. <laughs> just trying to be on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> So I kind of went into the, the psychology of why we can hear these noises when they're suggested to us. Um, and this auditory, this is an auditory version of a phenomenon known as pareidolia. Pareidolia is our minds trying to make sense or see a pattern in a seemingly random noise. So it's also why people think they see Jesus in a piece of toast. Exactly. Pattern-seeking behavior. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it all comes back to it. You can hear – I love watching um... – my depression holes go between murder, true crimey stuff, and then ghost hunting. And <laughs> yeah, you watch them play back. Some of these like ghost hunter guys, they'll be like, "Oh my god, it definitely says piss off. It says piss <laughs> off." And then they show it to the people that own the haunted hotel, and they're like, "Oh, is it saying hello?" And they're like, "We hear piss off," and they'll play it again, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I can hear it." <laughs> it's like you're just. If you convince each other and you're just saying it over and over to each other and then you play it again, of, of course. It was that thing, what was it, a couple of years ago? It was definitely peak pandemic behavior. Mm. Um, and it was a recording and, like, there was two different things you could hear in the recording. So one of them was uh, Laurel and um, some other name and then the other one was a completely different sentence and people were freaking out because they could hear two different things and it's like, shut up, who cares? It's just when sounds of things seem similar, but meaning is different. Like it happens all the time in Asian languages, like that the pronunciation of exactly the same word can be two drastically different things. And if you don't get the subtlety of it, you'll never be fluent. Like, yeah. Mandarin's a difficult ass language for that reason. But it's like, you know, it's us hearing, it's the same sounds of our mouth making it. Does that make sense? But you can imply both meanings. Yeah, of course, of course. Does that? <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. You're okay. That made sense. What you said before made zero sense to me. <laughs> and maybe, you know, maybe there's some subliminal messaging that our audience will pick up on. Yeah, fingers crossed. 
But, like, I imagine for Paul, it would be so insulting to have people just tell you you aren't you. Like, he said it got strange over the years because, like, people, you could, he could see people looking at his face and looking for, like, those differences and almost, like, questioning his identity because of it. And he said it really freaked him out. Yeah. Which I can completely understand. That sounds like an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Like, Like, I don't know. It's, It's a weird one. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to go into why I don't, as, as much as I enjoy this series, this is why I don't think it makes any sense mm-hmm. as, as a legitimate occurrence. <laughs> so despite what you may think of the Beatles or Sir McCartney himself, he's an insanely talented musician and during his lengthy career he's played over 40 instruments. I'm not sure I could even name 40 instruments. No. I'd so you're telling me. Of, I'd, I'd have to be thinking of an orchestra. Oh, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to sit down, mm-hmm. write it out. It would be a process, like, let alone play that many. Like, it's yeah. insane. And so you're telling me they managed to find a lookalike, drag him away from his prior life on short notice, as we talked about, and ask him to perform, become proficient and in some cases master 40 instruments. In no time at all. Just make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's just not it. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. It makes no sense. <laughs> Even if you were to play music over someone fake playing an instrument, it would be obvious that they're not playing the instrument. Any musician looking at them, they'd be like, that's not that chord. Yeah. 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 And it's very obvious with something like the bass as well. Like, if there's, you know, there's any way to play the bass that is very obvious and correct. Uh, I feel like guitar is a bit easier to fake because yeah. there's more strings and a bit more distraction. But bass, yeah. I feel like you can't and really fake as easy. Like, the, I bet the majority yeah. of them are hard to fake. I don't know how many he played, like, you know, on stage, but in recording That's and stuff, he played 40. It's credited oh, yeah, with over yeah. 40. Exactly. So I think as much as it would be nice to be famous, um, it sounds like a lot of work to keep a secret from their fans mm-hmm. and protect their feelings like they're a bunch of children. Um, so I think at this point we just need to let sleeping pools lie <laughs> uh, and put this one behind us. Yeah, exactly. Let's let Paul live until another beetle dies and then there can be Deadpool. Then there can be... Exactly. Yeah. yeah, just let him go. He's worked so hard and he's still, you know, a very well-renowned position. Like, let him yeah. go. Leave him alone. Don't question... But, you know, we have different versions of this now, which I think is nice. Okay. Like this this theory warped so that Avril Lavigne being dead can run. <laughs> no. And I think that's beautiful. No, seriously, people think Avril Lavigne is dead. Oh, Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. I wasn't gonna jump too much into it, but basically it started out um in a Latino radio station um suggesting this to her because they had a lookalike um and called Melissa. Um and then they like suggested, Oh, you're actually dead and this is a different version of you and this is Melissa that is now you and it's just she's like, What are you talking about? <laughs> no. She's like, But I'm here, I'm here right now, like literally in yeah, front of you. I am the same person that's been here the whole time. I don't know why people are so obsessed with the idea of there being um, clones or, like, fake versions of things. Yeah. Like, why can't we just enjoy things for what they are? Exactly. And I think, like, you know, I believe in deep fakes with um, pictures, like video footage. And, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but of course. Because there's that Keanu Reeves thing that's done so yeah, well and it freaks me out. for Ryan Reynolds as well. And the guy actually does a really good impression, like – on top of it with the voice so it's like quite oh okay really convincing it is but then it's like in a person you're looking at the person the person is there that's the person calm down 
That's not happening. Okay, how do you defend yourself not being dead as well? Like, how do you, apart from being like, but I'm alive, like, that's the only evidence you have. You're being forced to question your existence, (laughs) that you're being forced into like deep Kant, like philosophical debates with yourself just because a fan is like, your name's Melissa. (laughs) It's like, am I? But also, it's like, yeah, you're there to talk about your newest album. They're like, so are you really dead? Like, what? I wanted to talk about how I was going through a breakup when I wrote this and you're like making me (laughs) think about my existence on a different level. Think about the possibility of my death. Great. Thank you. Can I sign your CD? (laughs) Well, now I'm sad and I'll write a different album. Yeah. This is how we get good music. (laughs) Traumatizing artists. (laughs) Well, thank you for going down the rabbit hole with me a little bit, Anna. I'm sure we can come back to this um, again because, honestly, there's so many conspiracy theories. I'm surprised I hadn't heard of the Paul McCartney one. I think maybe even if I had heard about it, I wouldn't have done as big a a deep dive because, obviously, I only go down those ones when I think maybe it's real. (laughs) (laughs) I was enjoying it, though, because I do do feel like the fans were having a bit of a piss take with it, with some of it, and it was, like, quite enjoyable. I'm glad that you told me about it because, yeah, just thought that's fascinating. And Avril Lavigne on top of it. There's uh, how many celebrities are there that people think are actually not them anymore? (laughs) 